it just seemed like even when we were cutting into the lead, we would just, uh, the Kings would just turn over the ball at any given moment. That was a huge problem. I think they scored like 27 points just from turnovers and everything. Since when do teams reach the finals of the Western Conference Finals in only a season and a half or two seasons? It takes time. We keep preaching that on this show, uh, that it takes time to build a championship contender. These championship teams don't, you know, make themselves overnight. Uh, it takes a while to kind of figure out the right pieces, um, figure out this, you know, the recipe and things like that. Uh, or else, you know, a lot more teams would be winning championships. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Kings cast. It's daily. Joined by my co-pilots, Liz and Naima. What's going on? What's up, y'all? Hey. First quarter, Keegan Murray hits a three to start the Kings scoring. Kings start off strong on D. A few nice deflections and doubling Maxi. Unfortunately, Tobias Harris got going and never lost momentum. Monk and Len pick and roll ends up with a Len dunk like clockwork. Monk hits a pull-up midi. Sixers up six to end the quarter. Second quarter, things get worse. Kings down by 20 at one point. Keegan and Keon Ellis both hit threes. Fox at the three to end the half. Sixers up 19 points. Something to note, uh, Kings took 27 threes, and which is totally different than what they did against the Hornets. Uh, they didn't seem to go inside. I mean, we live and die by the three. I think that's kind of, you know, the the story of this, you know, season so far, um, when we're losing, we're losing bad. And unfortunately, um, you know, shooting 27 threes and a half, I think is a little ridiculous, but shout out to the Sixers. They play great defense against us. Um, they were swarming us. I mean, pretty much no one um, on this team showed up tonight. Yeah, it was a bit hard to watch because every shot, it seemed like the Kings were bricking and any layup, just missing easy layups as well. I mean, not to harp on Domas because, like, you know, he's our rock and everything, and he plays well, but it, it was just a really rough start in that first quarter, and it seemed like we just could not recover from that at all. Yeah, for sure. Um, third quarter, Domas finds Keegan for an end one. Fox hits a three. Keegan steals and throws it down to Monk for a layup. Monk finds Domas for a backdoor dunk and one. Monk scores 10 straight points. Sixers up. 14 points, and I will say this, Kings won that quarter. Won that quarter, 27-22. to 22. Fourth quarter, Sixers slowly build their lead again to 21 points. The Kings' Twitter doom meter is in the red. Kings won a challenge. Hey, Mo Bamba hits the second three. I'll say that again. Mo Bamba hits his second three. He's actually shooting 50% from three this season, but on .7 attempts. Coach Mike Brown throws in the towel. Sasha, Colby, Kessler, Javel, and Davion come in. Sixers win. It just seemed like even when we were cutting into the lead, we would just, uh, the Kings would just turn over the ball at any given moment. That was a huge problem. I think they scored like 25, what is it, like 27, something like that, points just from turnovers and everything. And like, you're just not going to win games when you give up that many points off of turnovers. Um, but uh, there was this one play for the Sixers where someone shot a three for the Sixers. I don't, I don't remember which player it was. And it, like, hit the inside of the rim, went all the way up, and then just went back in the bucket. And it 
like, like they scored a three. And I'm like, that was just basically the game. Everything was just going right for the Sixers and nothing was going right for the Kings. And it kind of sucks to see, like, you know, like us kind of fold against, like, the best teams, the top teams on each, like, conference and everything. Like, you, as a Kings fan, you want to see that improvement to, you know, be one of those top teams. But then every time we play them, even, like, you know, without – um, their best player, Joel Embiid, like we kind of just don't play well and Tobias Harris kind of just went off on us. But I'd like to see um, something different in that aspect. I don't know if Monty has to make a big move and that that's what's going to like spark the Kings and everything. I know people are waiting to see what he's going to do before the trade deadline ends and everything like that. So, yeah. Yeah, overall, just, you know, obviously an ugly game. Um, turnovers killed us. We couldn't secure an offensive rebound. Um, I think in the first half they had like 17 points off of 10 turnovers. Uh, you know, that's just not going to get it done. Um, I mean, De'Aaron, like his shots just look really short right now. Um, I just think he's, you know, honestly exhausted. Um, Domas, I thought they did a really good job defending him, kind of, um, you know, packing him in the paint. And they were, you know, getting the ball out of his hands. Uh, so that kind of, you know, obviously he had an off night. Um, and when other guys don't really show up, you know, uh, that's what you're going to get. I mean, honestly, we were lucky we didn't get blown out by more. But, um, you know, these are the types of games where, you know, it, it kind of puts us where we need to improve and what areas we need to improve in regarding the roster. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just on to the next one and, you know, move on. And that's the end of it. And before we start blaming players, any single player or one or two players, the Sixers run a string. So let's shout out the Sixers for playing a damn good game defensively. Um, I thought it was a brilliant strategy. They had the scouting report on Domas. When Domas starts working in the post, yeah, they dug in and they got a few turnovers off that way uh, early. And then Domas adjusted in the second half and he would take one or two dribbles only and then kick out. But then they would close out on a three-point shooter or our three-point shooters would just brick. Uh, mind you, we hit 20% from three. Okay. 20% from three. So I'm just going to say that. Uh, hats off to the Sixers. They, yeah. they whooped their ass, period. Uh, feel free to blame one or two players, but trust me, uh, they did a good job on us defensively. We yeah, are going to go ahead. No, I was just going to say you're so right about it. Like the Sixers were just, they were just all connected on defense. Like it didn't matter. Like if someone got out of position, someone was got their uh, back and like anyone doubling, they would quickly, you know, uh, do the one-on-one. So it was just like the Sixers were just playing as a team and they played their um, played to the game plan like perfectly. And it just, it's, it just seemed like the Kings were not expecting that. And it was just weird seeing like, it's just been weird the past like five to seven games. Like, I don't know if there's something wrong with De'Aaron. You might, you might just be right daily. He's might just be tired. But I'm just like it's just so strange seeing Fox like come up short with all these mid-range shots that like he makes in his sleep. So I hope nothing's there. Um, maybe give him some rest and not play him to the into the ground. But yeah, it's just it's just strange to see with that. I do want to say too, real quick. Um, I'm so kind of frustrated when I see people tagging Monty McNair. In tweets asking him to do something guys it's sports it's not that serious um monty mcnair is doing his job um you know we still have a little 
over three weeks before the trade deadline. So we don't know what's going to happen. Be patient. But to tag him in tweets, I think that's just really fucking weird. Tag players in tweets, I think that's fucking weird. Um, just don't do that shit. Like, let's be better humans. Well, it's interesting. I, I'm I'm often on King's Reddit, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know why. Sometimes people like torturing themselves. Maybe that's what I like to do. Maybe I like having my eyes burn out after seeing a million bad takes. But yeah, saw, I saw a comment where it's like, yeah, we just need one guy or... You know, we just need Western. We need to make the Western Conference Finals if we just did this and this. And it's like, since when do teams reach the finals of the Western Conference Finals in only a season and a half or two seasons? It takes time. We keep preaching that on this show uh, that it takes time to build a championship contender. Um, I don't mind being pretenders where, where, you know, a good team will probably make the playoffs. I could say that confidently. As far as getting past the first round, you know, I don't know. It's a toss-up. I'm not going to say no, and I'm not going to say yes. It's It just depends on matchups. And yeah, you know, like we said, this team needs to play almost perfect ball. They have to shoot at least 37% to give ourselves a chance from three, uh, and, and it's rough. So, and again, you saw tonight, uh, without anybody to stop, you know, an elite or a high upper echelon power forward like Tobias Harris, that was rough on us. And it's like, we don't have anybody. Uh, they put Keegan on him. I thought he did okay. Uh, we know HB wasn't doing it. Uh, Lyles didn't have that much success either. So, you know, we have some holes for sure. Manny, what's going on? What's up, guys? So I'm going a little bit of a different direction. I didn't get to listen to everybody's pictures because I have family over and I was in and out. But these are the games, and I think I posted this, these are the games where the boneheads that talk about Sabonis, not that I'm ever on in their corner, but like I get it in games like today where it's like these are games where that dude should easily have 30-plus points. And, I mean, he had double-digit rebounds. I even thought he could have more than that. It's like, I get his unselfishness. I do. He needs to find that balance between being unselfish and getting everyone involved and seeing the games that he should be absolutely dominating on the offensive end and being selfish. Uh, I've heard talk before, like there's been Kings fans that I've seen out there, and to an extent I agree, where they're like, for this team to get where they need to get to, Yes, there needs to be changes on the bench and all that good stuff, but Sabonis can't be the second best player that he. And I see some of that. Like when I see games like today, I see some of that where it's like Fox is the man. There needs to be another person that off that, in my opinion, again, like maybe this is just a rash reaction, but where there's another player that will just instinctively take over. And we could still get the same numbers from Sabonis. And I, and I truly believe that might be, at the end of the day, something that uh, that happens it, while this team is evolving. Maybe that's what happens. They go out and make this crazy move where there's another person that can be that two-row offensively where it takes a little bit more off of Sabonis. And you'll see his rebounds go just nuts. And he'll still get his 
20 points a game, you know, 25 depending on the night. But it drives me crazy to see a game like this where, he, again, he should absolutely be dominating. There's no one on that other side that should be able to guard him with uh, with them beat out. Like, th- nobody. Like, especially when we're talking about him being an all-star and being a top-five center and we're praising the MVP vote and all that, like, this is a game where he shows that, and it just wasn't there. I, I see him pass the ball out at, at absolute layups. Uh, again, I know he needs to get people involved, but I don't know, Matt. For me, that's a frustrating part of the game. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Liz, what's up? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand your point when it comes to Sabonis, but uh, I don't think you've watched enough of Paul Reed and what he does on the defensive end for that team. Um, he's definitely a pest and they had a great game plan for him. They basically stuffed the paint and they kept just swiping at the ball and getting Sabonis to turn the ball over. And that's just the kind of night he had. Um, they, they game plan perfectly for him. I get it, Liz, but these are the games where I don't care who's game planning when you're an MVP candidate, when you're a, a, a to me, a easily top five center in the league, what another team does. I, I understand how do good is. He's not on Sabonis's level, period. Period. Not nowhere, no how. Maybe in a lucky game, cool. But regardless, like there's just times that that hesitant, that extra pump fake, that bringing the ball down to his knees before he goes up. Like it, it, it shows at times. And again, I'm not. I love the dude. I'm not going to criticize him overall. This is a one game sample of that. But there's just sometimes where, like, when you see De'Aaron doesn't have it on, or that he, you, you got to be able to. Just take over, like not no matter what they throw at you. At the end of the day, you're watching the announcers saying, "Look at everything they're throwing at them. They're throwing everything in the kitchen sink. It's the sink, and they still can't stop them." Like that's what I want to hear. Again, I understand it's not going to happen every night. I get that nobody's perfect, but just you know, it's just frustrating to see sometimes. But again, like kudos to them for throwing everything at them, swiping all that good stuff. But it's still frustrating to see among the other things that go on. With the team, because nobody else gets a pass either. But it's a little, you know, it's just a little nitpicking, obviously. No, for sure. And while we're nitpicking, I will say this: mildly frustrating. Actually, not even flesh frustrating at all. But I do think De'Aaron Fox every now and then. Uh, I think he forces shots. Uh, he could drive into the paint, stop. Uh, they'll form a wall around him, and he will do his turnaround fadeaway over three guys, which just isn't necessarily a high percentage shot. Uh, but then again, Sixers defense was on a string. So even if he did pass out, they would definitely close out really quickly like they did all night. So yeah, it was a rough night for everybody. Um, thank you, Manny. Appreciate you coming through and, and hope you're enjoying your family right now. Ben, what's happening? Hey, Daddy. Yeah, this is, um, yeah, it's these losses, they're just they're big blowouts and, and, and they're getting very ugly. But um, I think just in the big picture, um, I think we can still be pretty okay with, with, with what's going on. Like the Kings, uh, since December 30th, they've been playing every second night. There's some back-to-back sprinkled in there. Um, we haven't, you know, the, the team looks tired and, you know, we, we have these good wins and the team, the team, but, looks good in these wins but and then these losses they get blown out and, and we're kind of getting a bit of that feeling that the queue's getting put in the rack um a bit early on some of them and as fans it's it's not really something we want to see but i think just 
this stretch of games. And then also you've got all this noise happening, the Siakam trade coming up to January 15th when, when trade season is is completely um, in gear. And I just think, just, just as a big picture, um, I think, yeah, looking at each each big loss and, and, and melting down, that there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And, and we are... We are um, ticking along, um, but yeah, you can you can see there's certain guys who are completely affected by it. Like Harrison Barnes is is not himself. Herder hasn't been himself. Davion hasn't been himself. And um, yeah, yeah, I just felt like last year everybody was pushing in the same direction. There was clear roles. You know, everybody knew what they needed to do to stay on the court. And I feel like. There's going to be moves happening, and um, yeah, guys are just getting yanked all over the place, not really getting uh, time to to fit into their roles. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of at the point where it's just like I I want to see a move now rather than later. Um, But I think, considering all the shit that's going on and the moves that, and and there's going to be moves happening, I think we're we're in a we're in an okay spot. This 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 loss sucks for sure, Um, and yeah. Philly shot great. We turned the ball over. You know, the game could have been a bit closer, but, you know, it is what it is. We move on and, um, yeah, hopefully we see um, some nice moves by Monty and Wes in the next couple of weeks. And um, I posted something the other day. I think after these next three games, um, so I think what do we got? Bucks, Suns, and then I think Indiana at home. I think that's the end of our playing every second night stretch. And I think we have like a – Two day layover, maybe two days off, maybe even a three or a four days off um, after that next game. So, I think as far as a move happening, I think in this next week coming up to January fifteenth, I feel like if a move's going to be made, it's probably going to be then when you can integrate somebody um, with all those days off at home. But um, but yeah, I'll uh, leave it with that. Thanks, guys, and um, have a good night. Thanks, Ben. We appreciate you. Yeah, you know, the thing is, this season, and right now, our record is better than it was last season. It's just the vibes are off, right? Uh, last season, I just recall us being so much more competitive. And yeah, like we've said already, we caught a lot of teams by surprise last season. Uh, and now we're the Sacramento Kings with the scouting report. Um, and not to mention, the rest of the league has leveled up. There are so many good teams now. So with that, and considering that and considering what our record is, you know, I'm okay with it. I just, like everybody else, do not like these blowout losses. Uh, I'm sure somebody has that stat of how many blowout losses we have this year compared to last year. It feels like we have a lot more. Um, that's all I have to say. And I had an earlier exchange with somebody who was shitting on HB like most HB haters do. And I was like, so what's the issue? Is he the problem that we're losing? Which I don't think it is. And it was like, yeah, he's damaging the team. And so this is the middle of the third quarter. And it's like, okay, fine. He took four threes. He missed them all. If we took away HB's attempts, the King's shooting percentage is up to 27% from 24. So it's like, come on. HB is not the problem here. Uh, And if we're going to talk about him defensively, then we have to talk about uh, Lyles and Keegan and everybody else who could not stop Tobias Harris. So let's quit blaming, you know, our favorite player that you love to hate. I think it's ridiculous. This was a team loss. And not only that, 
let's give credit to the Sixers. Uh, they were on a string. They beat us like they always do. Um, it is what it is. So you got to give them credit first before we look at ourselves. And that's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, you know, we just kind of have to wait and see how this team continues to progress uh, as the season goes on. And, um, you know, this is this is kind of the, you know, I get everyone kind of wants, you know, Fox and Sabonis and the All-Star games and week and all that stuff. Personally, I just rather have them home resting, be with their families, do what they got to do. Um, because, again, I just think the All-Star game is kind of, you know, played itself out it's not really like fun like it's cool to represent or whatever and i get they get the extra money and stuff and they can get bonuses and contracts and all that stuff but it just i would rather have that rest and everything um when it comes towards the end of the season but yeah i mean we just have to wait and see what this team does um whether we see some new faces on this team come the trade deadline or you know whether it's kind of the same thing um but again you know we kind of ran back the same same team this year same team after the trade deadline pretty much and you know, they went on a little run to end the season. So, again, this is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, but I do trust Monty's abilities and, you know, what he can do. And he's not going to make a move just to make a move. Um, he's only going to make a move if it makes sense for the team and if only it benefits the future. Yeah, like, I I won't – I believe in this team. Um, I do think that they're going to figure it out. I'm not just going to give up, you know, on this team. It's again, it's so weird, like Kings fans being so upset about like, you know, losses like this. We're still like, what, eight games over 500 and everything Um, like and the King, like, you know, the Kings have been bad for almost 20 years and then they get good one year. And then the second year, people just are like throwing tantrums and going like, I can't believe this, like trade everybody on this team. Like, no, you need patience and you need you know, belief in the team and you can't just, you know, give up because we lose a couple games that we're supposed to win or whatever you believe. So, yeah, um, you know, stick by this team. Um, like I said, I believe in this team. I, I believe they will figure out Monty will do the right things. Mike Brown will do um, the right things as well. The team itself, the players, it's not like they're losing these games on purpose to like win money or something like that's not the case. So I know they, um, players are even more upset because this is actually their livelihood and, you know, it's their job and everything. So, of course, um, they want to win. So, yeah, just, you know, keep supporting this team because, you know, the, this is what the players deserve. And I will say this, being a fan of a shitty team, a poverty franchise, to me, it just made me want to learn more about basketball. You know what I mean? Because when you're a fan of, like, a great team that's kicking ass and winning chips all the time, you're just like, hooray, we're winning, and you just don't think about the game of basketball. But when you're a fan of a losing team, for me, it just made me want to find out, well, why are we losing? So you start learning about uh, defensive schemes and, and what teams should do and how they should close out, how they should peel switch, or uh, should they do drop coverage in certain times, um, and what a, a really good screen and rescreen looks like and just rotations and all that. Yeah. Uh, and then you start getting into draft Twitter because you're always looking at Tankathon and you learn more about the game that way and how players need to develop. So to me, and I'm dude, my basketball journey, I'm still an, an infant compared to so many of the experts that I admire out there. But it's like, to me, the more you learn about the game, uh, the less these losses hurt because you just start to know why and you start to figure it out. I'm serious. It, it's a beautiful thing. So 
yeah, unfortunately, it's like I only read when I go to sleep. So, so I'm like literally working on uh, a book right now that's taking me uh, more time than I needed it to be. But whatever. You guys are the best. Uh, we appreciate you. Enjoy your Friday night. Uh, Liz, Naima, any last words? Thankful you guys always come through. I love our little community. It's not crazy. Like we don't get, you know, too crazy on here and everything. And I do appreciate everyone coming through. You guys have a good rest of your Friday. I will say, um, I mean, these losses happen. Look at Boston. They're one of like the championship contending teams. They got their ass whooped last night by like 50 points. So these types of nights um, do happen, unfortunately, in the NBA. And also real quick, um, I do want to say, uh, fuck Chicago. The fact that they booed um, Jerry Krause's uh, widow um, during the ring ceremony, that's just absolutely disgusting. Those fans are terrible. Um, so yeah, fuck Chicago. <laughs> right on. All right, y'all are the best. Uh... Good day, good night, and light the beam.